Hello and welcome back to the Muscle and Hustle podcast. We were just uh, shooting the shit off off air, as they call it in the in the industry, and then we decided we'd just talk about it on air. Tony's vaping away here, like fuck. It's like a week, like a week, week cloud of kiwi and lime or whatever it is. What is it? It tonight we have a peach and mango. It's pretty much my <laughs> fucking dessert. Where there's zero nicotine in this one, so. Uh, I take a wee tiny bit of nicotine in the mornings for help with cognitive, but at night I usually use this one after a fucking before my final meal just to tie me over. But I'm fucking, I'm feeling the pinch today. I've been feeling that like it's a good thing because whenever you feel the pinch, you know you're you're on the end of it. Like so. And how long um, have you? You're, I didn't even realize you until you put up a post during the week. You're actually on a wee cut here. Well, not a wee cut. You're not, you're cutting back. You're cutting. I've been cutting since the 27th of December, so I'm down in about five weeks now. Okay, see, I didn't even know that. And then you were saying that you're, you're, you're out in Dubai, you were getting the steps in. And back yeah, to, back to the best, old step grind. Yeah, compared to being back home, like, you know. It was fucking I snowing yesterday, like. It was snowing <laughs> yesterday in February. Like, it's, it, technically, it probably could be snowing on Valentine's Day. What the fuck is that about, like? See, it usually snow. Ireland's coldest, like. It always snows in March now, I noticed. March, exactly. I was just about to say it. Uh, the coldest month I've ever had back home was in this November, was the November prior. I I never forget it because I still have the duvets on. I was sleeping with a duvet <laughs> underneath and a duvet on top of me. And then I kept it on for the all of my prep because it was so cold because it was so lean. And I, it's just been there the entire time. So I always sleep with one duvet under, one duvet over. Uh, pretty much one more duvets. It's like the actual fucking full, I don't know, for over. <laughs> But yeah, no way. Not going to complain. Doing steps out here is a gift. Uh, but yeah, like it's one of the things. If anybody's ever died hard and they've got their steps up high, like I'm on like 16, 17,000. So, like, because I, I, I don't want food to go any lower. And like, it's one of the things where you go out for the morning, you go for a walk, and I listen to like a full podcast, or I maybe walk somewhere, journal 15, 20 minutes, walk back. And like, you're like, fuck, that was the full hour there. And you're like, oh my God, I've only hit 6,000. You're like, I have another 10,000 to gather here over the fucking day. So it's one of the things you just, it's, but it's short term, it's for a season. It's like, whenever you want to lean into anything in life, whether it's a brand new, that's the reason new relationships flourish is because all your energy, all your time goes into it. Same with like any endeavor. Once you, whatever your time goes, your energy flows. That's where yeah. it picks up. But it's I, no excuse me, or anything like that. I, I have a question for you. A question for, on, on behalf of the listeners. How important is the steps. You know, you see people throwing out that 10,000 steps a day and you see other people going, you know, fucking, you know, this and that. You know, everybody's got an opinion on it. But how important is actually, like, a step target or just literally being more active? In, in, in terms in, of changes, right, there's really yeah. three changes that you make whenever you're dating, right? If fat loss stalls out, right, so you work out your calories, you stick to them for a week, you probably drop weight, but after a couple of weeks, you become a lighter individual, so you need less calories. Yeah. Hence why a 70 kilo meal versus 100 kilo meal will need less food, plain and simple. People say high metabolism, all this shit. But pretty much what it breaks down is your weight, your activity level, all that. Now, what happens is you, as I get lighter, so for example, I went from 89 kilos down to 83, right? So I dropped six kilos in five weeks. So I start off with just 10,000 steps. That's I would normally get somewhere between eight. You want a minimum. The reason, see the way people are saying office desk and do what you can if you're walking less than 8,000 steps a day, you will have a very high chance of dying younger. It's plain and simple. It's a health metric. Jesus the longer Christ. you, the more, the more you walk on a daily basis, it correlates with a longer lifespan. So it's just straight up. Now, obviously, it probably gets kind of reductive past 20,000, but our bodies were not made to sit on a computer for fucking all day and all night. That's why 
sleeping oversleeping is as bad for you as undersleeping if you're sleeping more than nine hours a night it's actually just as bad than under six and there's studies to back that so it's one of the things where you think that but it's how long you're sedentary now in terms of your actual steps and like where the balance comes and where health comes is you obviously want to crank these up the reason that you increase steps is because when you think about it if i was 90 kilos roughly and now i'm 83 right it takes less energy to move me a step so then i need to do more it's not the fact that the steps become less effective but they burn less calories because you're a lighter individual uh, so the way you could do that is if you don't have to keep increasing steps i've done this with clients before i've done it myself you for every pound you lose you add a pound of the weighted vest so then oh. you're technically the same weight and then you don't have to walk and spend more time that's a very time efficient manner because you can get the whole way with ten thousand steps yeah but i've done solo shoot preps with where it ended on 3,000 calories and 8,000 steps. Like, I didn't need to adjust them. You only need to adjust if you're losing fat. But the thing is, whenever you're dieting down, you can only adjust either food goes down, steps go up, or cardio goes up. So you sort of take your choice. If you want an optimal diet, you probably want, out of the three of them, you want to get steps as high as possible because they're low intensity. They're neat. They're non-exercise activity. Yeah. You're never going to affect your recovery. It's just a matter of getting out and doing them. They are time fucking melty. But the thing is, you'll be able to keep food high, keep nutrients high. They really target like that sort of fat. So it works well. Cardio can be quite taxing. So for me, it's like if you, whenever it comes to that, I'm just like, see, yes, steps fucking suck balls. Nobody wants to get up 45 minutes earlier and go for a fucking walk. But look, it's just one of them things. You just get it done. You clear your head, you get it out and it builds in your routine, your discipline, getting it done. But yeah, no, I've done it for about five, six weeks now. I'm just ripping off as much as I can because we'd like to go on a growing phase now. We're March, April, May, June, that sort of. You'll never, do, you'll so never do a long phase of growing again, no don't know i really don't know i'm just gonna go up and grow now because the thing is too it's for my demographic like the amount of comments i get about juice and muscle and size i'm like <laughs> motherfucker somebody else bulk for three to four three years and then dad down and then come at me so it's probably going to get away like i don't want that to put me off i don't want to, to what my target demographic is to put me off pushing the pushing the envelope so yeah to be honest what i'll do is i'll push up and I'll just not be like, oh, I have to get shred again for a while. I don't, I don't, I, I, there'll not be a big enough difference for me getting lean enough if you get me. So yeah, yeah. I want to spend substantial time in a surplus to enjoy life too. Like for me, I look, I've been up in a surplus since April uh, or since May. So what is that like? I got like eight months there. So I'll probably do like another nine, 12 months, but a bit more aggressive. But I don't want to talk all about that. And yeah, look, we were talking there about Dubai. The, the good, I think the good and bad sides is something worth talking through from somebody yeah. who's been here. And I'm sure you can relate that to different countries. Yeah. I think benefits of Dubai, there's obviously tax and VAT benefits. And there's a lot of networking benefits. The weather's good all year round. It, it's great during the winter. The cons is probably. I think money is something most people complain about, like the price of groceries and stuff like that there and how dear certain aspects of it is, like eating out. But I think if you were to live here and you're getting the tax and the VAT benefits, it's sort of part and partial. Like you can't, yeah. it, it's that benefit. So I think it's that trade-off of that. Now, I do think it's more of an expensive place to live, but I think that's part and partial of that trade-off. But also, you've got, like, for example, I ordered groceries there now and I ordered them at 7 o'clock here and they'll be here at 7.45. Like they'll be at my door like the the veg will all come chopped and cooked the meat will be cooked it is dear but the thing is the convenience as well it's built for it's like it's like it's artificial everything in it is artificial it's like a fake reality and then i've been went up buying a place here for the last while but it's a wee bit like the wild west too like it's one of them things where i've heard people paying deposits on apartments and them just the real estate is just taking the deposits and running or people paying for 
apartment that's supposed to be getting built and then the, the real the, the real estate and developers are like oh no it's not getting built anymore and you're like what what well, my deposit of 100 grand and they're like oh it's, it's just gone until we build it like that could be yeah a year. yeah that's uh there is there is well so there's that there in, in every country in the world like a lot of people would have got stung over the years in spain and portugal especially with the old timeshare boom and in the apartments boom and in early 2000s late 90s but i would say now dubai is probably a bit better than probably some places but i know what you mean it's like there's all okay everybody thinks like it's the same like the influx of people in australia at the moment everybody thinks the life's better in australia and for some it would be for me it definitely would be but there's also always going to be cons like australia's probably you're going to earn more money yeah but things are slightly dearer than than ireland but you will earn more money. The rent's slightly dear, but when you think about it, probably the rent's cheaper than it is in London if you're going to go to London. So even though like you have to just weigh up what's best for you and not what other people are telling you, that's the sort of thing. Like As Tony's out there now and he's been back and forth, he's starting to get a better picture of what it would look like for him longer term rather than going, oh, well, my mate's out there, he loves it. That's that's okay for your mate because maybe that maybe that's the thing he likes it or there's a certain thing that he likes. It's like the guy friends that love living in Oma, they love it. I I I just don't like it. It's not for me. I am in all parts a city guy. Cities suit me. Suits my demeanor. Suits what I do daily. Just suits me better being in a city. But that's no knock on someone who would rather live in the countryside or would rather live in a in a town, a large town like Oma. It's just like some people like. When they live in Sydney, some people like to live in the city. Some people like to live in Bondi. The beachside suits them better rather than being in the city. I'm more of a city, yeah. I like the bustle of a city. But then that's like everybody's different. So when we were talking off, Tony was saying about, well, you can see it yourself, but where where you think you see yourself for the next interim? Yeah, like I've been weighing it up, but I think... Don't get me wrong. There's there's so many pros and there's so many cons of every single area, and I don't actually think there's. I'm the worst person to ask. Like people go to me all the time. Where's your favorite? And I go, I love everywhere for what it is. Like yeah. I've loved Mexico. I loved Hawaii. I don't really see the negatives. Like I never go, oh, that's a con. I sort of just see the pros. And for me, I think longer term, not longer term, but the first place I'm going to branch my property sort of off into is gonna it's gonna be more bay. I just think from a safety aspect as well you might get better returns and stuff in dubai but i think from a safety aspect uh yeah. long term it's a very established place property prices steadily increase whereas out here it's one of the things where you can be promised the world and get on so i think initially where my base is going to be or where i'm looking at buying now is going to be something in more best so i'm actually very much looking forward to that now because i had the goal of deciding and buying something i have a house at home but i, I just rented out because it's it's not for me at the moment uh but like as you said, loads of variables come into play, and I think travel opens up your eyes for anyone that's been on holidays. If you if you ever get the chance to move country or live somewhere else for a time period, yeah, I think a lot of people stay in one place pure out of scarcity or routine or habit. You, life goes much slower when you move because it feels like an entire new life. Uh, like and people go, well, I couldn't move because of family, but it's not forever. It's just a short time period, and you'll always regret living life on somebody else's terms. Like don't get me wrong, whenever I'm away for months at a time, I do miss my ones, but. It also makes it so much sweeter when I go home because yeah. I'm sure everybody knows this. If you li- if you live very close to your family, don't get me wrong, you cherish them; they're a very big part. But you also end up like passing like ships in the night. Like you don't you don't spend as much time with them. Whereas I remember last time I came home, it was two times ago. Me and mum and dad sat at the back and just had cups of tea, 
and then they rolled in the drinks. We had a drink or two, and like I maybe spent six, seven hours just chewing the fat, having the crack with them at the back it, underneath a fire, and that was one of the best nights I've had in a long time. But I guarantee, if I was at home, I wouldn't have done that, you know, because it is people be on their phones. It's it's very it's nice because every time we go home with a meal, it's like a ritual. So, and then also with Dubai, it's oh well, Spain. Sorry, it's you're a lot closer to home. You know, yeah, that's what you have to weigh up to. Yeah, it's to, a lot easier for your mum and dad to, to, to bait out for the weekend, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then you have to weigh up, like, how important is family to you? What's quality of life? Like, I'm a single lad, so you know, dating comes into play. There's there's so many different variables. But I think if if travel really does open up your eyes, and if you ever get a chance, like, when the way I was in Bali, like, people are happy with nothing. And there's people driving Lamborghinis here that are miserable. So it's all completely internal. And I think it's realizing that as well. That the more I travel, the more of, like, a full round view I get. Because I see people living that are pissing in pots and then you see people that are driving Ferraris. And don't get me wrong, some people are very happy, but it's it's a very interesting dynamic that it's all internal and all perception. Yeah. And for me for me, especially since I like people will know I make semi decent money. It's one of the things where you you sometimes think you want more, you want more muscle, you want more followers, you want more status, you want more but see whenever it comes around to it, it always loops back around to like if you had all the money in the world and whatever it is what would you do? And it's probably not really work just as hard, probably not work as often. Follow what you really enjoy. I don't love the word passion because I think passion comes from being good at something. And spend your time as you want, like enjoying it properly. And the thing is, you can do that now. Like obviously if you've got a nine to five or you're working a normal job, or you're working a business, that you are, some of yours gone, but you actually end up wasting a lot of your time without realizing it. And that's the thing I'm trying not to do now. I'm trying to make the days count and try and make each moment that little bit more sweet. You know, taking that... 15 minutes in the morning to have that cup of coffee and just sit there and no phone and as I was saying I use the Opal app but I also use Grayscale so my phone's black and white and just sit there with your thoughts and if you struggle to sit there with your thoughts and just ponder things like I'll sit and just think about mindset if anybody's ever read like or listened to like Naval Ravikant or Nassim Talim uh, like he's unbelievable they just they talk about like optimism it, they're very very good youtube videos on picking nuggets if anybody watches it it's like uh they pick nuggets from their podcasts and their books a uh, but really really in-depth stuff and if you can't sit there and listen and sort of journal and have a thought process and enjoy say coffee in the yeah. morning like by yourself like then you've also got to ask yourself like or you can't take a walk without music or without podcasts you can't take a walk without inputs that would question me that you don't want to sit with your own thoughts and then there's maybe a little bit of a gap because i don't know for a long time period I think that's self-reflection, asking yourself, what's going really well? Where do I feel maybe a little bit off? And not just going, oh, it's because of an external factor. If you feel off in any way, shape, or form, it's always internal. That's the reason, like, some of my relationships went shit. Other things that went issues with family. It's always down to the internal, not the external. I would always be like, oh, there's something off with them, or there's something off with me. And you'd be like, oh, it's just the time, or did you know the way we're... It's always coming from the inside. There's something there, whether it's insecurity, whether you're comparing yourself too much, you're not looking after your headspace, your health, your body. There's something that's just making you not sit right. And it's, it's always in your control. And it's very, very important that you get that crystal clear because you control your contentment, your happiness at all times. And once you take responsibility for that, it's very enjoyable because you can just flick the switch. Like, like it's like the amount of hate I get and I can let that ruin my day or I can just go, that's that's okay. Is it's it not, still as high, the amount of hate? Oh, I get buckets, buckets. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't even notice oh, as much. It's, it's, my love's at an all-time high. I would say I get never, I've never had more praise. Yeah. And I, I think on the, the far end side of that, most people don't see 
like the amount of hate. Like I would say I sometimes get maybe up to 150 shares in some of my reels like in a day. Some of the reels get thousands of shares. Like it just depends if one goes viral. But like I would get like on average 100 to 200 shares. But like say 100 of them could be like, oh, hilarious, good quality. And 100 would be like roid-headed bellend or is people, am I, I'm sick of seeing this cunt. Like people share that their stories. Anybody else sick of seeing this person? Uh, why is this person giving advice terrible shape? Then somebody else will go, we not not achievable, not you just get all this stuff and then it can make you question yourself very easy, like because the the question everything you do, John, then yeah. People also send me messages from like group chat. It's mental, man. See some of it like a Oh, they'd send you like, screenshots from group chats. Yeah, where they've like blurred out and they're like, Oh, you know, they, like they'll blur it out and it'd be like an anonymous account and be like, Oh, look, all these people are talking about you and you're like, Holy fuck, but it's one of the things where uh, I just block it all. I don't see much of it anymore because there is so many messages. But the problem is, that's one of the reasons I don't get back to everyone because I could click into five messages and them all be lovely and get back to people. And then you click into six and it can trigger you very easily. And then yeah. you have to reset yourself. I don't care how much hate you get. Like when it, you you get used to it, but there's also certain things that people say it does trigger me. If it, it, it triggers anyone, and then you're sort of you have to realize, right, why is this triggering me? Why is this annoying me? And then you just reset because if somebody calls me a cunt or whatever the word is or says I'm a nightmare with fitness, you just have to reaffirm and go back, right, well, what is the proof that this is true? And whenever there yeah. is none, why is this triggering me? Is there some sense of self in this or what is off? Because like if, if somebody walks up to me and goes, look, you're a ball bag, I go like, I have a stack of proof that says I'm not. Or if somebody says, you know, you don't help people or you don't get good results, I have all these yeah. stacks of proof beside me. But if somebody says something and it triggers you as an individual, it's a clear sign that that's a chink in your armor. And then that's what I spend time like journaling. I'm like, why did that annoy me? Yeah. Why but it's also it like you're putting up? value into someone you don't know's opinion. Whereas they're not your friend. You don't know anything about them. They could be they could be insane. They could be the nicest person in the world. They could be an asshole. But you, but because someone said something, you're automatically attaching value to their opinion. Whereas you wouldn't attach anything else to them. If they asked you for a fiver, you wouldn't give them a fiver. So why would you listen to a word they say, especially if it's something that you know is not true? And that's kind of, like, especially with the industry I'm in, like, everybody has an opinion on every song, everybody's opinion, every DJ, every opinion, every singer. And that's why music's music, and that's why there's loads of different genres and there's loads of different people's tastes. But, like, if people said, I can be their worst nightmare as a DJ and I can be also their favourite DJ... And I take both of them with the same amount. I'm like, I don't. If someone says to me, "Yo, you're my favorite DJ." I'm like, "Cheers, thanks." I don't put any value in that either because they could have the worst taste in music, you know. <laughs> and that is the truth. But they also the next person come up and go, "You're fucking shite." I'll give you the same amount of value. I'm, I know I've take both on board. Cheers, but I don't know who you are to to, to value your opinion. You know, I don't. I, I like I'm not. I'm my own worst critic anyway, so that's okay. But. I'll take the bad opinions, I'll take the good opinions, but unless I know you and I go, like, if you're another DJ or someone in the music industry or someone I know, go, fuck right, I know him, he's he's actually into his music, and someone goes, lad, you're crap, I'll actually go, whoa, okay, why why am I, no, give me a reason, they give me a reason, go, right, oh, yeah, I could see that, I could see why you'd think that, or maybe it could be, oh, you just don't play music I like, and then you're like, well, clearly I'm not for you, but that's, well, I always got that when people like, when people like, were abusive towards like, footballers and stuff, and telling footballers, like, Telling the county players, oh, fuck, lad, you're fucking shite. You're not fit enough, lad. I can understand where somebody turns around to you or county footballer and thinks like, right, Joe, I don't really like the music. I don't really like that song because 
it is very taste biased. Oh like, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. No, so any techno DJ, I'm going to go. Oh, what is that shite? Yeah, and like you know, you might think somebody else is a more skilled footballer. You might think somebody else is a better educator, and I'm I'm not teaching right. But the thing is, what you need to really realize is that you opinions are like our shows. Everybody's got one, and yeah. sometimes the smell of shit. But the thing is. <laughs> I just don't love the fact of if if I disagree with somebody, I don't dislike them. No. I just I just disagree with that opinion. It's like when people talk super super in depth about like sustainable fat loss and that the fitness industry is a mess. I also believe like the fitness industry builds discipline. It really really in the fat loss approach. Yes, for some can be extreme, but like I love rapid quick fat loss because it can't be our stat in twelve to sixteen weeks. Fuck that. Yeah. And the thing is. Is there right or wrong? No, it's just two different approaches, but people attach their identities to their opinions, and that's the problem. Yeah. Whatever it's like conservative tax uh, labor, it's like, oh, it's them against us. That is one part of your identity. Fitness is one, but people forget that because they think like they just attach that. And then whenever you challenge something like that, because their identity is attached to it or their views and they have little else, uh, it's very interesting. Like one thing that I say, and I think people get really sometimes get very aggravated by it, but it's actually very good it's it's by i think it is naval ravikant he says it and he goes a really big red flag to watch out for is if somebody is overly invested in politics because if they're overly invested in politics it's something that is pretty much completely outside their control because they hold a one percent vote which don't get me wrong every vote counts but it usually shows there's very little else going on in that person's life and they've attached their identity to circumstances they can't control he also highlights that massively with and people won't enjoy this massively with football teams whenever people get like aggravated by like transfers or just stuff that's completely externally you're not able i understand i'm a supporter and stuff but it is interesting because you do attach your identity to that like who are you i'm a man united fan i'm this i'm that i'm a conservative i'm a labor i'm a joe it, it's very interesting because then whenever somebody disagrees with it, it's like that is part of your identity, but it's not. It's just a view you have. Your views aren't who you are as a human versus if somebody else has a different view, it could be just the way they've been raised. It could be just 90% of labor and in, and conservative. A lot of that has to do with actually just the amount of fucking money you make. So yeah. your view can change drastically depending on how the following year goes for you in business or your wage. Like if somebody's earning minimum wage and two years later, they're an entrepreneur and they're earning 150 grand, their view on labor versus conservative back home changes quite drastically. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, they 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 wouldn't turn around to their themselves and go, "That's a fucking disgrace." Because you see both viewpoints. But the problem is, it's like Celtic v Rangers. It's like Catholic v Protestant back home. It's like immediately. Oh, you're it's no, it's not. Oh, as you're one. You're like, one of the ones. You're. Uh, it's like uh, just. It's just automatic. Like oh, dislike. Like oh, I'm not surprised. And I think that is actually like the ruination of a lot of people who are realizing it to themselves. Like I've been. I've been there. And I'm not preaching, I'm not saying that, but I think it's interesting to analyze your own thought process like when that happens, because the first thing, like it can be brewed into you about you realize it through the way people speak. It's like whenever somebody used to drive by me in a really fancy car when I was younger, I remember seeing like the first Ferrari and like somebody in my group of friends was like, oh, that person's definitely a drug dealer or a wanker. And I was like, uh, yeah, 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 I agree. And then as you get older, you're like, why did he say that? Yeah. Why did I agree to that? And it's like, there's fucking homeless people that are ball bags as well. Like, so it's like one of them things where, you get that mix, but it's like that self-limited belief. Then all of a sudden you don't realize it, but maybe you're afraid of making money because you don't want to be a ball bag, or maybe that's an excuse you've told yourself. There, And then all of a sudden you realize that your life is maybe going one way because of small decisions. And that comes down to the butterfly effect as well. You don't realize how small one self-limited belief, one yeah. bad friend out of your group, or one person says something and you just let it slide 
how that actually impacts you way way down the line it's like if you go into one shop you meet your wife you go into a different shop you don't meet her so you meet somebody else entirely like life is just all these wee one percent things that add up and you can't see them all but by sitting reflecting and analyzing it you can give yourself the best shot of the best internal voice and i think that in itself because if you ever see that Stephen Bartlett graph, and I don't get me wrong, I rinsed him online there. Oh, I, for, I love that. I've been saying it for months. Eh? He's fucking uh... clickbait, clickbait, a uh, fucking joke. And uh, for me, it's one of the things where, like, what he has in his Instagram is very good. It's like the, the it's all the time you spend in relationships. It's like Joe from zero to eighteen, you spend the most time with, or zero to twelve or something, you spend the most time with your parents and your family. 12 to 30 most time of your friends 30 to 50 your partner but the one person you spend the most time with is yourself so that relationship needs nourished and that's the relationship that a lot of people don't put time in there i didn't yeah until the last year whenever I, I don't have a relationship anymore and you realize that you've maybe let standards slip in certain areas you know and i think a really good question for people is you're not looking the respect it was something i've journaled on quite a lot you're not looking the respect of others you're looking the respect of your younger self and if you can stand in the mirror and say an 18-year-old or a 15-year-old or a 14-year-old version of me would be proud of who I am. Yeah. Then that is really how you know if you've got self-success. It's not what other people see. Yeah. And for well, me, I, I know there's certain areas he'd be like, oh, I don't know about that. So then you work on them, and that's how you know you're going in the right trajectory, in my opinion. Well, that, that was the thing I was always told like by a, by an old, like a DJ fellow that used to kind of talk to him years ago. He used to go, if you were 18 in the club, would you be a fan of you? Like, would you go to your gigs? He goes, that's where you need, that's where, you know, you you kind of, but base yourself on not, don't try to be someone you're not. Don't try to be somebody that you wouldn't be a fan of. Would you be a fan of yourself? Or would you go to a club when you were 18 to see you play now? But it's also true, just come back to what you were saying there. I know it's the cheesiest thing ever, but the saying, like, you, you can't love someone else if you don't love yourself is very, very true. And it's mad the amount of people that doesn't not the the mad the amount of people that doesn't love themselves that there's mad the amount of people that doesn't even like themselves they don't like who they are and they don't like who they've become but they're doing nothing to change it you know there's Simple, there's yeah, this there's this whole thing we're going oh he's turned into like a grumpy old man because life's fucking like life's bored him down and he's just grumpy I'm just all oh, just I just got you know you just become grumpy over the years that's not an excuse like I don't care what anybody says there's piles of like old men that aren't fucking grumpy there's piles of old ladies that aren't grumpy but it's just like this thing that people think it's okay to become at a certain age where you you, you stop giving a shit about things and you know and you just be grumpy and you can say what you want like that's no excuse you know if you're if you're like travelling you know if you're travelling through life and just like bit by bit just hating life and hating not not like hating life but hating like just hating on things that used to never bother you that's uh, like an internal insecurity that's that's annoying you and it's an addressing you and you know the more you kind of you know you what's what would be the word the more you work kind of not work on yourself but work on like your your own life the way you're living your life rather than how somebody else like so somebody else is living there so when you get in the relationship you're like you're putting effort into this other person and then you're collective together but you should be putting the most effort into you because the better you are the better you can be for them and then the better it will be for you for you as a, as a couple or as a, as a group and i think a lot of people forget that they can it's the same as like 
when people get in their relationships and they stop trying, as we talked about earlier, or, or they, you know, they let themselves go and they get a bit out of shape because they're like, oh, well, I've already snagged this person or, you know, I'm married now. I don't need to fucking put effort into the gym. And that's 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 a thing, like, and it's a real thing. Like, it's happened. Like, and people listen to this now will know people that's when they've got married, they've kind of, like, stopped going to the gym and they've stopped doing certain things because they think, oh, well, you know, I got in shape, I impressed the woman, I got the woman, now I can, I can get the, ba- the dad bought on now. Whereas that's probably not a healthy way to look at things because, you know, the the work continues on and, and this the reality is that that's why, sadly, relationships don't sometimes work out is because either one part or two parts don't don't aren't working on it and sometimes it, it, it leads it leads into the it leads into it. No, I agree. Like do you think that's the most common reason relationships long term they're not helping them? About they stop work or they stop trying. Yeah, I would say that most of the time they take each other for granted or they don't even realize they're doing it. They're just like, well, I know this person's going to be there for me or I know this person is going to is going to be there, say, at 4 o'clock every, every Thursday I see him. You're not taking for granted, you know, and they, they stop. Like, you know, there becomes a time where your first anniversary comes up you fucking go all out and you go away for the weekend, you go to a hotel, chocolates, um, and different stuff and you know, dates, date nights and all. Year two, you might do an you might do an anniversary meal. Year three, probably not. Year four, maybe not. Year five, yeah, you'll do something. But then the pressure's also on to get the ring out at that stage and stuff like that. But like I know I know some really good couples that date weekly. And they make a point of dating weekly. And I, I, I actually love that about them, that they actually put in the effort and they make sure they have kids and all now, but they have a date night weekly. And that is the thing that they always do. Like, they might have it in the house, they might cook for each other, they might do something, but the effort they That's put the in... The effort they put in is phenomenal. But I also know people who are in relationships, and I'm not speaking out of turn here, I don't even actually think they like each other. I just think they're that used to each other now. And you know, it's not a bad it's not a bad relationship as in like there's no abuse, there's no shite in it. They just they just kinda I don't wanna say they put up with each other, but they kinda just do. They've probably yeah, got but some- I think a lot of long term relationships they don't mean to, but they slowly turn into friendships. Like I've seen that through phases of mine, but then yeah. it's just down to where you then it's never gone. Like it's never gone too far if both yeah. people are willing to work at it. Like because that's exactly what the start of a thing is. The problem is most people both won't stick the head. Like a lot of people find it easier to put the blame on the other person yeah. or just go, "This is fucked." Whereas that's the reason why, like, it's important to go. It's not. It's situational. It's not internal. So, like, you've loved that person. There's been romance. It can literally die off. But the thing is, it can be rejuvenated. The problem is, though, it requires that hard work and both people in the right mindset. Or and it, that, as you said, is key because if you don't keep watering the plant. It doesn't grow, but I do believe, like, for example, like the person I entered my last relationship in versus who I exited as different people, and yeah. you you learn by mistakes, but the problem is whenever you don't take that responsibility, and that goes for every aspect. That's like, Joe, whenever you're saying, oh, this business didn't work out because of that or this or that, it's it's just, or my fitness didn't work out because of like, my kids or Joe, my job or the stress or I'm going traveling. Like, you can pin it whatever way you want, but it's still on you. Like, it's just, yeah. it, the number one excuse is I love when people say it, and I get it the all-time from plants, and I just go, you can't be serious, mate, don't say this. It's like, you're, it's like my ultimate pet. Yep. It's not an excuse, but 
insert excuse and it'll eat anything it's uh, like I, remember I used to i used to say look i'm not being rude and then i would say something rude it's, uh, it's actually I mean, so i stopped saying that i just be i just i don't be rude i just be blunt uh like uh, I, I like i i was in i was at the gym earlier and the those the coach fella was taking a guy one-on-one like crossfit stuff and he was going over his diet at the end this is so funny like just as you say that and we were both on the ski erg and the guy was like you know you can just go to the shop their deli counter they have the chicken and all there it's like if you're in a rush you can get chicken and salad it's there oh fuck i'd not eat that shit i would uh i would rather make my own and then your fella goes and you just told me five minutes ago you have no time to prep your meals and then your mom was like aye and he's like you see what i'm saying here you do have time to prep an old salad because he works right beside the shop so he says you just come in the deli counter chicken some salad and stuff that's your that's your lunch sword that's somebody looking away to yeah. to excuse failure before he begins it's like oh like it's just not the right time for me but i'll give this a go so in other words you know whenever i fail you don't give me too much of a bollocking either setting themselves up to semi-fail already and then the only like everything else is a positive you go oh well fuck it like here i didn't fuck up for eight weeks it's like 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 my back's been fucked like my back's been fucked all of January. I got back to the gym there this week. I went three times. Like I, we we've structured the training so it's not really heavy on the back. We're starting to up it a wee bit, you know, test the back. But I know, like, if I didn't make make sure I did this, I would use that excuse for another week and probably another week. And then before I know it, it'd be in the fucking March. And I just had to like I just had to get I had to like trust Darn and go right Darn structure this where you're not gonna fuck me back. And he's like, right, we're going very easy on the back. Everything's gonna be like this. And and three sessions down this week. If you'd asked me two weeks ago, would I be doing three sort of high intensity sessions? I'd have told you no, no chance. And no, it just I, like I left I the excuses at the door for. No, because I'm a great man for an excuse. Don't get me wrong. I can throw an excuse out. But the other thing you were saying about the businesses, and this is the thing that I harp on to every client that I have, consultancy. If you give something a rattle, an honest fucking rattle, and don't leave no stone unturned, put in your maximum effort you come in, and it fails, then you know it's a failure, Right? Say if your business fails and you know you've put in 50% effort and didn't tick all the boxes, that is not a failed business. You are a failed person running the business. That business could be a very good business. You just didn't do it properly. And I've said this to so many people running events, so many fucking singers trying to make it in the industry as well. You're not putting in the effort. Look at the effort Tony put into these fucking posts every single day. Look at the effort Sean Casey puts in. Look at the effort... Like, look at any of your favourite people online, the effort they put in. Not just on their reels, on their stories, on everything else in their life. The effort they put in and they leaving no stone unturned to get success that they want. But yet people are launching businesses and trying to... Like, like there, was a, there was a business, a, a boy I was chatting to last week, and I didn't realise he had closed his business. And he goes, I last been closed for six months. It was a food place. And I'm like, I didn't even know you closed it. I was like, how long were you open? He goes, three months. I'm like, fuck, lad, that's, that's short. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm still paying rent on the premises. And I was like, did you just run out of money? And he was like, no, no, it just wasn't working. So I thought, what the fuck's the point? And I was like, all right, cool, cool. And I went away thinking, fucking hell. Like, like he's still, the business, well, I don't know I don't know how bad it was doing or how good it was doing, but like three months isn't a fair rattle at anything. You know, if you're going to put something in, 
you, do you think if you open a business now and you put three months effort in, that should mean that it's going to last you for the next 10, 20 years? That's just not how, it, sadly, me, that's not how things work. Like. For me, it's one of these things where the, I don't like to talk as if like we know like the, all the answers we don't, but I think one of the main things that you need to get out of your head is I cut plants and I cut people who say, I'll try or hopefully it go. That 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 means no. That like see when somebody goes, I go right. You're gonna track calories all week, and it goes, I'll try. I'm like, no, you either will or you won't. So tell me if you will or won't, and then I get a straightforward answer because there's no do or not. Then it, it, there's no middle ground. No. It is do or not, and it's it's do or die. Then because for me, this middle gray around, you're giving yourself that leeway. It's like if you're gonna do business work, it's not about whether the business succeeds. It's about the inputs. I say this all the time. It's not about the outcome. Whenever you focus so much on the inputs that. Like, you don't have to worry about getting abs. Focus on nailing your training, nailing your diet. Once you do that for long enough, you fall in love with it. You And you focus on just taking the days, enjoying the days. Like, being proud that you're nailing each day and you just love that you're building yourself more into the better person, mentally, physically. The result flows. It's the same with your business when you not even fall in love with the work, but whenever you, did you ever hear that Alex Ramosi quote, it's, it's, this is really good. It's like, the work works on us more than we work on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it builds you. That's what gets it. You will never get the result in your business until you build yourself into that person through the hard work in that area. Yeah. It's like when somebody goes to me, I'm hungry. I'm like, look, you can volume eat, you can use veg, you can use fruit, you can fast, you can use caffeine, you can use diet drinks. But I'm like, you also know if you're a little bit hungry, you're probably losing body fat. Like it's also being very aware of that. Like yeah. it's part of the process. Like whenever you find it really difficult with something that's when most people give up and that's why most people have shit lives and average lives because they're not willing to push through that pain barrier the only reps that count are the last five towards failure not the last five you do the last five to failure the only conversations in your marriage relationship that matter are the really tough ones the only business days that matter are the days you don't want to show up the only walks that matter are the walks you don't want to take they're the only reps that matter because anybody can do it in the days that feel like doing it yeah it's the days where you actually are like i i'm quitting and you go, well, I made a promise and you stick by that. And the more you stick by that in every area and you get one win, if you get it in one area, you can transfer it across. Yeah. If you save your broken relationship, you get your body in shape, you build a business, the wins transfer over because you build self-belief in yourself. And that is the hardest thing to do, but it makes a hell of a difference. It's like, it's like the preseason for the GA boys. It's the winter. It's the fucking dark nights. It's the sludgy pitches. It's the no football sessions. It's the running. That's where that's where their characters built. That's where the, their their mindsets built. That's where everything's built. And then when it comes to the matches and it comes to summer, that's the fucking easy time. They know they've put in the effort, and that's why they can go into the summer fucking with their chests out and their heads up. The boys that didn't put in the effort, the boys that fucked about, the boys might have went away and team a couple of extra holidays, a couple of weekends drinking. Maybe didn't do the program pre-season. Maybe didn't get the miles under the legs. Maybe didn't get the engine built up. They're the boys that are playing catch up all summer long. And it's the same as life. It's like, like with the DJ, and everybody always says to me, oh, lad, how could you be bothered like driving home at three in the morning? Because I fucking love it. Like, I like I love DJing. There's nothing more in my life I like doing more than DJing, playing music, dropping bangers, seeing people's reactions, good and bad. Good and bad. People singing along with songs. There's nothing more in my life I like and I've always said this, the day I stop loving that, I am out the door. No questions asked, out the door. Because the 3am things, if you're not loving it, are fucking hard. 
I got home at 3 a.m. on Sunday or Monday morning. I was in the gym at 8 a.m. because I said that darn, I'd be in the gym at 8 a.m. That was fucking tough. Like I was, that was very tough. I got home Tuesday night at half three in the morning. I got home Wednesday night at ten past three. So I'm like, I'm out, and then this Saturday I'll be home at about three by three a.m. again. Always home by three. Um. But if you don't, if I didn't love them things, I couldn't do it because it's tough. But the problem is, like, I, I, I wanted this. I worked for this. I struggled for this. I practiced for this. This is the only thing I ever wanted. So it's like working. And if you want, if you want to be, if you, if you look up to Tony and you want to be the next Tony, you want to get into that realm. You better walk. No, better be prepared to walk his walk. Because it's not easy. And people might look at things and go, fuck, that's easy. I'd love your life. It's fucking not easy. It's not easy to be uh, a front runner in anything you do. You look at the best chefs in the country. Young fellas want to be chefs. It's fucking not easy. It's it's not easy. You're looking at boys, like everybody looking at it, like say you have a manager in your work and going, ah, he is it fucking easy. He is it easy. We're the ones doing the real work. Believe me when I tell you. The stress they are under, the the deadlines they have to hit, the the figures they have to hit, the performance indicators they have to hit. You may think you want that job until you have that job, and then you have to worry about everybody else under you. That's a, that's 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 the kind of thing you know. It's I I like I love like I love people that put an effort into anything, be it life, be it relationships, be it jobs, just be it anything. Effort is so underrated and it never it doesn't get talked about enough like i am i'm like it like anything be it a, even if you're a fucking shite footballer see the boys like everybody knows the, like i was one of these footballers probably that knew they were never going to get that far but still went to train and put in a hundred percent effort every train session never missed a train session sat on the bench for the reserves or the b team or the fucking juniors I knew they weren't ever going to get probably a game that much, but still put in the effort. See them boys, I'm actually thinking about a certain fella now, right? And he's doing very well for himself in life. And that's I I get why he's doing well in life because he was like he was at the back of all the running sessions. Probably not probably me and him were probably beside each other to be honest. And but the effort was always there. Busting ourselves, busting ourselves, busting ourselves every session, never miss a session. One of the two a guy would always been early for training, he'd always been early for training. And I'm thinking about him now and where he's at in life. And he's doing very well for himself. And he's, and he's doing things that he actually enjoys doing, which is even better. And I'm just thinking, that just goes to show what, what effort can do and, and what effort in other parts of life and it you know, transcends over into business and stuff. But that was just a wee tangent there that I actually just was thinking about. Um, we have no questions, guys. Just keep hitting us up for questions. I know... Yeah. Oh, I fucked loads of my Q&A, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do them after this because I'm fucking shattered. I wanted Mickey on nice and early. So Die, Tony uh, wants to go to bed. Wait a second, I'll tell you the time now, guys. Tony's going to bed at 8 o'clock, guys. I half eight. I'm going to have a quick bite. I'm fucking starving. What's, so. What is for dinner? Or uh, Like supper. Uh, supper. Supper. <laughs> I haven't decided. It should be... It'll probably my main my favorite meal of the day. It'll be proats. It'll be protein oats. I fucking love protein oats with a bit of peanut butter. Shout out to Rubens. This isn't the plug. Their white chocolate and raspberry protein oats are very nice. 
<laughs> send me some if I'm you want. I'm a big fan of the way mix. I like doing my own. I like doing my own too fussy. Do you use oat milk or normal milk? I use no milk. I use water. Oh, you're cutting, sorry. <laughs> I always use water anyway because you get more oats and you get it thicker and you get more. Mate, I'm the master. I'm going to put up a pro recipe. I'm going to make I uh, put up one for me because I want to, I'm going to, I want to prep some I'll Pros. do it whenever I'm home. I'm going to do diet. You'll get a good laugh. It's going to do either. I haven't fully decided in the series name, but I've got a chef hat. I've got an apron. Jesus. It's going to be a full. You're going to be bare chested under the apron, are Obviously. <laughs> so that's exciting to come through. So you can tune in for that. We'll leave it with that hurry, chesty food coming right at you. <laughs> uh, recipes to galore. They'll be absolutely shite looking, but they'll taste great. And on that note, like. Save no like save like share, share your shit, please and review that means the world. Cheers, guys! Thank you very much, and we'll see you again next time.